2: Welcome along to the Wise Men Sayer podcast, where we have a special for you today, and that is focusing on Netflix and Full World 73, a new documentary that is going to be aired next week, 14th of December, as I'm sure you are all aware. You don't need me to really elaborate on that, but we have got some very important people with us today. They've been on our list to get in for a while, actually, before they even done this documentary, so it's worked out quite well on that front. We are joined by... Leo Perlman, Ben Turner, David Souter from Full World Seventy Three. I'm going to let you all introduce yourselves to the listeners. Tell them exactly what you do and how you are involved in Full World Seventy
3: Three. Hello, hello. It's uh, it's great to be here, especially with stars of our new Netflix show. <laughs> <laughs> there you guys are. <laughs> there you guys are. Um, we are the production company that made it. It's the Sundance till till I die is the fulfilment of a dream for us because we've had a lot of luck uh, since we started in the business but we have wanted to make this uh, since the beginning. So.
2: Yeah, you're looking at each other now like you're all waiting for each other to go there. Do you want me to <laughs> cue anybody in? Yeah,
0: well, no, I was waiting for Leo to go because I felt like it was the next logical thing for him as a partner of the company to step in. But he's <laughs> there you go, you just that introduced was, that, yeah. <laughs> it, was it
2: was Ben Turner you heard there firstly. His brother Gibbs in the background as well. He's not on it though. So I think most people have, have heard of you as well. Do you before I have just cut you off there? So do you want to, um, do you want to just tell people Ben about your, your upbringing and your supporting of Sunderland and stuff?
3: Oh yeah, well we are lifelong Sunderland fans. Me and Gabe were brought up in London. Leo was brought up in the northeast. Um, our family all support Sunderland. It's been a, uh, a great bonding thing in our family. You're kind of not allowed. To, there's a small Arsenal contingent, but they have a different surname and we don't really have much respect we don't for them, like them. And, then they're yeah. <laughs> and they're not actually allowed, allowed to come to the important <laughs> family events no yeah, no does no, no. it but the but the glue that that's held our, our family together is Sunderland football club um and uh and when we set the company up all the way back in 2007 there was an, there was we always wanted to have a Sunderland related name mm. um Arca 33 was on the list at the really? time yeah uh, but we settled on Four Seventy Three 73 a few years ago we were thinking of changing it to Metro FM Homestand. <laughs> what was it? Oh, twelve or 13 when we got to the uh, League Cup final. But mm. unfortunately, we didn't win it. Um.
2: <laughs> I mean, full World 73 is such a great... That's like when I was a kid on a computer, that would have been like my password to yep. get into my computer, Full World 73, because I was standing in the in full world end. So Leo, you were brought up in the northeast. Do you want to just tell our listeners a, a little bit about your Sunderland connection?
4: Yeah, I was uh, I was born in Sunderland. Um, a, 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 good, a good small example of just how... How uh, tied in I was from from before birth. Even when when my mum went into into labour, she was actually out for dinner with my dad in Newcastle, and he bundled her into a car and insisted on driving <laughs> her through to Sunderland General <laughs> to make sure that, as he put it, I was born in the right city. <laughs> so I was kind of cursed from the start. I had no choice. Um, and then, yeah, grew up in in Newcastle, which was good character building as a Sunderland fan. Um, and my experience of growing up with Gabe and Ben was with those games where them coming. Coming up from London uh, with their dad and uncle, uh, and meeting them just before the game with my dad and grandpa, and standing in the full well end with them, uh, and, and almost inevitably watching Sunderland lose. So yeah, that's that's where it comes
2: from. Growing up in Newcastle's interesting. You and Martin McFadden, and Gordon Armstrong, should set like a trio. And share your experience. Support group. A support. But, yeah. there should be a support group. <laughs> well, it's
4: telling. The only the only friend that I that I've kept in touch with from school that I still speak to, see regularly. With the only other Sunderland fan in my class. Mm. So it's, it tells you all you need to know. Yeah, so
2: you did do it because Martin and Gordon were like that. They had each other. They were best friends at school. And one, <laughs> one went on a play for Sunderland and the other set up the fanzine that everybody knows. I love Supreme. So yeah. it's quite an interesting story that suits you were the guy on the ground then. These yeah. guys are putting the documentary together. You and other members of a uh, camera crew working for Football came up and you're the person who needs to start to get the, the uh, footage together.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, and I've I'd been to Sunderland once before. I came up with these boys uh, to watch Everton Sunderland the year before, just to come and experience it. Nothing to do with the documentary; it was just for a, a fun time out. Didn't turn out to be that fun. Is uh, Lukaku- that when you got called a nonce? Basically, no, no, that was a different story. That was the first. That was a different story. <laughs> that was another time. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 no. we we called him a an nonce. It was one of the other times. <laughs> no, this Ever- uh, is Everton, and it was going all right. Um, Sunderland weren't really showing up, and then the Kaku decided to. Just blitz uh, the uh, 10 minutes and just turned out 3 0. We got back in the car and took, uh, took the five hour journey back south. That was my first experience of Sunderland. That uh, no, wasn't then... even the worst experience no, Sunderland yeah, playing yeah. Everton. We've had like, really oh, like, a bad history. Don't, yeah, don't mention them ever. Yeah, yeah. okay.
3: no, it's yeah, just yeah. sitting behind a post watching us get battered at Goodison. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's quite someplace here. Yeah. At um, least yeah. the
2: ground reminds you of Roker Park a bit. That's the only positive yeah. you can take from That's Goodison true. Park, isn't so. it? Yeah. When you were thinking about obviously, you know, you're Sunderland fans, you make successful documentaries and as a fan, it's always gonna have been on your radar I'm guessing that you wanted to do something about the football club. Did that help with gaining the club's trust, do you think? That you were fans because you can make now the club made a, a job themselves of making themselves look bad last season because they got relegated, so it speaks for itself. But when it comes to personal people who you know, specific individual people, you have the power to make them look like idiots if you want to. And clubs I would imagine in this day and age are very cautious against that. Do you think the fact your Sunderland fans helped?
3: Definitely starting a meeting and presenting your production company to Sunderland and it's called 4 by 73 <laughs> definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, we, we, the things we've been in and around the club to an extent over the years, so it, it kind of smoothed that path uh, in there. Um, that, but I don't know, Leo, what do you think? Because you did the majority of the, the pitching to start with. Well, it was, it was interesting. The very first meeting that I had with
4: Ellis Short about about this uh, this documentary, it was probably about it was about three months before the end of the Premier League season. So there was still at that point the talk that we could stay up. You know, you look at the previous three or four years and these miraculous escapes and I think everyone at the club still thought we were going to somehow pull it out of the bag once again. Um, so we weren't pitching at that point to do a series about them trying to get back out of the Championship. We were pitching at that point for them to do a series in the Premier League and I think being able to yeah ridiculous right <laughs> <laughs> and I think being able to talk to Ellis Short and express the fact that we were Sunderland fans and that that meant that he could trust that we weren't trying to you know it wasn't it wasn't a sensationalist piece what happened at the club we were going to follow and document and if that was positive it would be positive and if it was negative it would be negative but even if it was negative we'd try and put a positive spin on it around the city and the fans and the people behind the scenes at the club at least mm-hmm. That definitely played a major part. And just as a, as a side point to that, the first thing that Ellis asked me when when we actually had that meeting, he said, um, he said, if you're a Sunderland fan, then answer me this. He said, what do you think the biggest mistake I've made oh, really? in the last 10 years of oh, being How many Sunderland
2: is? fans want to be in that position I know, where they can me ask that
4: question. question? Tell me about it. So I, I mm. sat there and I thought, wow, it's a, it's a great question. To be fair to the guy, that's a great question to mm. throw back at you.
3: He yeah, was like, how long have you got? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how long have I got? Just one.
4: Just one? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was interesting. I said, I gave my answer. Um, Can you tell us what the answer was? I said I thought his biggest mistake, and, and of course there is a catalogue of mistakes, but I, th- I said the biggest mistake I thought was getting rid of Martin O'Neill when he did. I said if there was a single moment that I think you maybe should have held your nerve, I said I thought that was probably it. Mm. And he laughed and he said that's not even in the top five. <laughs> and, and then he proceeded for the next half an hour to tell me the top five mistakes he yeah. made. And that was a really telling moment. It was like I think we got over, linking back to the question about how we... How we gained their trust I think that was far more valuable than having had a com- conversation at the start with him and saying these are the commercial reasons why you should do yeah. it or anything else I think having that conversation and him trusting in us and the fact that we were real Sunderland fans was a huge part in getting this over the line
2: and you were never realistically going to get dressing room footage now.
4: well listen from the very start we said it was it was important and it also it was in I, mean, I can say it now it was in the agreement with the club so the agreement with the club, they had no creative control, no editorial control over anything. They didn't receive a penny for the documentary, nothing at all. And in there was a clause that said that we had dressing room access. The truth is that as the series progressed, that's something that we could have, in inverted commas, enforced. We yeah. could have insisted upon. But the access that we were getting and the honesty and the truth that we were getting from the club, from the players, from the from the people behind the scenes at the club was so amazing that it felt like to push that final, that final bit over the line and to effectively enforce something that clearly was the last bit they weren't comfortable with, we would have had the doors closed on us all over the place if we'd done that. Yeah. So it, it didn't make any sense to do so. Yeah. And I don't think we would have gained anything more. Uh, and You guys have seen the, the series, so you've seen... We've the, seen the first one. Seen the first one. Yeah. I don't think there's any lack of access. I don't think you watch it and feel like we weren't fully embedded in there. Mm. So I'm, I'm happy with the decision we made. Yeah, yeah we
2: decided not to... Request the series from you guys. We want to watch it authentically as a a fan and and do the preview setup. Done. What are you shaking it for? I wanted to say how stupid I'd look, so
1: I did request maybe some footage of ourselves. Yeah, yeah, because I'm absolutely terrified
0: of what it's going to look like. (laughs) Well, yeah, when are we going to talk about that? Because you guys are a big part of this doc as well, because we were filming with you every week. Um, And obviously, you're, for us, your key sort of narrators, because I was thinking about this this morning one way is that some of these these shows go is that you get a narrator, right? And, yeah. and you watch a City one and all those sorts of things. You have a narrator, usually an American, mm-hmm. uh, narrating a story about a team in the Northeast. And we were sort of toying with that the whole way through the sort of process. Um, and at stages we were going to end, at stages we weren't. But we were always hoping from day one to have people narrate the story for us and to do sort of bridging links and to tell us what's going on. And obviously you guys, Kevin Ball, Nick Barnes are some of those people that do that for us. What was it like for you guys to be...
2: Do you know what? This is going to... Whenever you ask... Whenever players get asked a question about documentaries and they say, what was it like for you when the cameras were falling around? And then the players always give this generic answer Well, you kind of get used to it in the end, but that would be the answer that I would give mm. where it became second nature to us. I didn't think like suits would turn up or, you know, we, we met Jonna first and we met Steve yeah. and we built up a relationship with those guys. It was really nice to see them at the premiere again last night. And you don't... Think about it It just becomes some They were just there weren't they And it was just An additional thing We were recording And then they were standing there And you just got used to it And you didn't think anything Of it after that Well that's what we always hope And some people actually Sort of turn around to us After a
0: while You know you mentioned Some of the other docs we've done Like with Mo Farah Or Usain Bolt And after a while It actually goes full circle Where they're actually saying to us Wait are you not coming over To film today and, you know, they actually sort of quite like, or usually quite like us having, being around and sort of us going through a process with them and asking about what's going on with their that lives. That did happen to us, actually, didn't it? I think you get to the stage where you're like,
1: obviously you're talking about something or you know that something's going to be discussed on the show or whatever. And if it's going to be used, you think, well, we, this might be quite good. Like, or yeah. there might there might be context missing or something. Like, that. obviously we don't know how the show's going to go or whatever, but it's not that you're desperate for people to be around. You know, I think at the start it was like, when when someone got in touch and said, "Oh, the, you know, this is going to happen. Would you be interested in doing it?" And the N word, Netflix. You're like Netflix. You're like, <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? You're like, really? Um, and then it happened. And then it was. I don't know. It's just weird. It was like the like watching it last night. And this isn't anything against you guys. It was like I don't know why it felt as though like oh, it wouldn't be like a proper thing. Yeah. And then like <laughs> last night, oh, it, it is a proper thing. It's like a real thing. And seeing it last night, it was. You know, it was absolutely brilliant. I, I always,
2: I, I trust new guys would be proper <laughs> <of them. laughs> <laughs> but, but I had a moment
3: like that. They sent they sent us through like the the artwork, right? You know, because when you go on Netflix, they have the page and with the with the Sundan artwork on it and, and a couple of the trailers for the uh, for the show. When I when I saw I, even I had that, I was like, oh my god, it's really going to be on Netflix. It's really one of those things. And actually, it felt really really emotional because we just love this place and we yeah. love this club. Um, especially me and Gabe, growing up in London, we'd be the only Sunderland fans anyone ever knew. So we sort of have this kind of strange ownership of it, and have spent a lifetime def- like defending and selling mm. the club to people. And so to see it now going out to a global audience, and some and them cutting some of the trailers back, there's like a fans trailer where where somehow through the show they they get it, they get what we get that we try to put in there, and how much and mm. what's so special about the place, and like. Oh, you know, hundreds of millions of people around the world are going to see that. Yeah. it's kind of mind blowing.
2: It's, it's good that you capture the, the the city and area as well as the football club. I think, mm. and, and what came across again, we're just saying the one that I was glad <laughs> that you managed to give a nod to the industrial heritage and stuff mm, like that mm. without being patronised. And I thought. I yeah. thought that, that did, definitely did work yeah. would, be, would be what I would say so well done for that Thank Yeah, you. someone actually um, said last night as well as it came up just, just literally to bolt
0: on to the end of that someone came up and they started saying about oh they thought cinematography was great and then what well, they actually expanded that Uh, their point was they were proud to see that actually we'd shot some lovely stuff to show off the beautiful side of Sunderland and the northeast Mm -hmm. and I think when you see some of that that was something we were really keen on and something that hit me when I moved up here because I didn't know much about the area um and I was sort of blown away with how beautiful some of the parts were and we we really wanted to put that in there and make it Mm -hmm. make that sort of prominent show it show the place off Mm -hmm. I think
1: that you know watching it that when it the um Opening credits kick in and the music comes in. I felt I did feel quite emotional, to be honest. Like, I really yeah. did because I thought I felt, and obviously, I'll not give it away that people who haven't seen it, but the lyrics in the song was real. I was I was just thinking, God, this makes me feel so proud to be where I'm from, yeah. and uh, it, it just perfectly encapsulates that. And I did have like the hairs on the back of the neck yeah. standing up watching it. And you know, I think you know, watching it last night, not only so, I think we'll get that out of it, Sunderland fans will get that mm. out of it, but then I think. Not, I'm not going to like slag off other documentaries and stuff like that. And you know, seen ones over the years that have come out to feel a bit plastic in comparison to this. And I think other football fans who are watching their clubs, you know, every club thinks that their clubs are the most hard, hard done by club on on <laughs> earth. Everyone thinks that, you know they're the most unlucky team on on earth and everyone will have that and yeah. I think that's, that'll be reflected in this, especially given the way it goes and I think people will be able to relate to it. Yeah. I think
4: that's a great point. Yeah. I think, I think,
1: and, and, and I'm taking
4: on your point about not slagging off other documentaries, but mentioning briefly the City one on Amazon, um, which is, it's, it's, it's amazing the access. There's some great bits in there in the dressing room. But I think if you ask City fans, and I mean fans who've been fans for years rather than over the last few years, let's say, what they wanted to show off about their club, it wouldn't have just been a record-breaking season where they won the league and mm. scored loads of goals. It would have been to show off something about Manchester and Man City and what it means to the people. And yeah. that did not come across mm. whatsoever in that documentary. Mm. And that's a shame because that's a proper club with a proper history. Mm. And I agree with you. If I anything, think... they needed that documentary yeah, Man City because mm. mm. exactly. of, of the way they're perceived couldn't, by, yeah, by football fans. couldn't agree yeah, All yeah. they did was continue the perception that everyone already has of that yeah, club yeah, yeah. by putting that piece of content out mm-hmm. and I think they could have done with exactly this and I, I agree with your point I think it's, uh, we're really really proud of the fact that last night in particular people from Sunderland, people who live here, been in their whole lives saw that and felt that we'd done a good job of representing their city
3: Basically even the they of, got, even Man City got to sort of get Dennis Stewart as like a club
0: legend, but we got something to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, do. even we, had a, a Geordie come up yesterday and said that uh, they were there. They were there and they uh, came up and said, actually, why did <laughs> they go? <gonna> there? <laughs> yeah. They all turned uh, up. Yeah, exactly. someone <laughs> snuck <laughs> in. Yeah. What is it with that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Seriously. But they even said they enjoyed it. They said, actually, it's the tale about a football club. No. Yeah, right, not because right. of the, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. not because of the fact that yeah. it was celebrating a bad year, but they actually said, I think it's got a lot of heart and actually it's sort of, yeah, yeah. But I hope
3: it taps into that kind of, old you know, all of our grandparents who supported Sunderland. They they sort of loved the Northeast so much. That kind of Bobby Robson thing of like, if your team, if like Sunderland weren't playing, they'd go and watch Newcastle because mm. they just wanted the Northeast to do well. That's changed Absolutely in our lifetime. Absolutely never yeah. understood that. <laughs> <laughs> still, still
4: talk to my grand. 94 years old, my grandpa. Whenever he says stuff like that, it's just yeah. good for the
3: Northeast. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> can I, can I say one more thing about the opening titles? Just cause there's one more interesting thing about it, which is that the, you guys know Richard Cook. Yeah. So, uh, and Richard is like deeply deep involved in the series. Uh, and that was really his brainchild, that opening sequence. And it's worth mentioning, yeah, it it's worth mentioning, not just to give him credit for it, but also he's not from the northeast. Like so, through his contact with the series and the time he spent up here and the footage and stuff, he got it in a really deep way. And that really is that was that was you know from him. So it's an even bigger tribute to because it wasn't from like that deep emotional connection that we've got so much as like someone who really came up here and, and understood it. So,
1: it's slightly tangential, and obviously you, you know. You're, documentary filmmakers you made a lot of sports documentaries football documentaries you know growing up what were the inspirational things as filmmakers when you're talking about football documentaries or whatever that you watched that you want to try and emulate and, and
3: reflect in the, the stuff that you're making I've got two like straight off the bat 101 greatest goals from Charlton to Maradona which me and Gabe used to, when we wore the videotape out, it was like, it went from the '66 World Cup to the '86 World Cup and it's so brilliantly put together. I think like a lot it's of people lot of have... No, they are two, two Greatest
4: Goals and from
3: Charlton to
4: Maradona. Yeah, but the, okay,
3: well, the one we had was called that from Charlton, 101 Greatest Goals in Charlton to Maradona, yeah. the, what, the video that we had. And, they, uh, and yeah. it was all shot, all the, the World Cup footage was shot on film and it's put together like in a kind of non-linear fashion, like you jump out of the 74 World Cup final, you know, with, with Holland losing and then you mm-hmm. go on this whole thing with Holland and you come back to 78 and everything. And it was really, like, it was really influential. And the other one which I found and we, we're ingesting at the moment for this series was the 1987-88 Sunderland season video. <laughs> <laughs> which we've got on VHS. Have you got it as well? Yeah. I think it came without an inlay sleeve on it. So there's this handwritten thing that we wrote together to, like to sort of say about the season and uh, there's just something yeah. <laughs> music yeah absolutely yeah. we always laugh at those,
2: those videos and stuff as well what we do is when we do a pre-match show on the Peacock and we get an old player yeah. in. we put the video on the big screen behind of, of the season when that player would have represented us and somewhat, if it's like somebody like Gordon Armstrong yeah. then you know we, we go back We go back to then or Kieran Brady who comes mm. on and, and does it for us as well we share them with you if you want yeah I love that
1: it's 92 we've got that oh. so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just
3: $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, I love
3: that yeah. stuff. We were, I love it. We stuff. We used to, we used to <laughs> beg to do the club shop. The first thing we wanted to do once we'd made anything of significance was call cool, Sun's Enough and we can we make the end of season video.
4: We were offering to make that end of season video for free. For about seven years. (laughs) And every time we get a polite email back saying, no. No, no, we're good. (coughs) So to finally get to do this feels extra special. Yeah, that is great, that. Um,
2: Which suits, I want to ask you. when. Obviously, the, the timeline of the story is dictated primarily by the football team and how well they're doing on the pitch. But that's not enough to make a documentary. So you need to think about all these other little characters you have and you're introducing the documentary. Where do you begin to get your head around... Who's right? I want to speak to him or her. And how, does that just come naturally on, on a gut feeling? Or is it something you, th- you think deeply about?
0: Do you mean outside of the, the players? Yes. So, the other so just
2: regular people who support Sunderland?
0: It, it sort of you, you think about it a lot and you discuss it as well, so um, Ben and Leo and myself would sort of all go through that and discuss who we thought was good, but also it 's a sort of you 're almost looking for the types of character which you might find in a football club to start because you start off with a sort of theoretical one because we haven 't met anyone at that point, so you' say sort of, well, who is you know might there be a joker, might there be the long serving club ambassador you know looking for all these different people um, and then when you get inside the club that 's when you sort of go and that gets sort of ripped up a bit and you meet the Brilliant and crazy French chef who's lived in the northeast his whole time. He's got this like amazing um, accent of like Maccam and French, which is brilliant. Um, and you know other other brilliant people at the club as well. And you still look for some of those characters which you think are going to add something to the story and to be able to sort of um, show the club, show the city, and talk you through the story. Um, but sometimes you don't know what you're going to walk into, and sometimes you just sort of find little gems. And some of the fans. Um, that we met along the way as well as such a huge part of this um, and 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 some of those we just found from going out and meeting lots of people
2: at what point honestly did you start to think actually a relegation battle is going to be better viewing than Sunderland pulling away and putting a couple of runs together and finishing mid-table
0: well we talked about this from day one so we talked about the options of where it might go. Obviously, like Leo said earlier, the plan was to film Sunderland going back into the Premier League, um, and so we were working out the different sort of versions of how this story might pan out. And we sort of said, if you can write it down, right? If we could write the script for it, mm. the script would be, you know, uh, rocky start or starting off okay, then something turns out for the worse and sort of plummeting down the league. Then maybe a managerial change, and you know, like Roy Keane a few mm. years back. Um, and then, not, you know, not losing a single game and marching up and just making it into the playoffs, then going to Wembley and winning. That's the sort of dream scenario you would write down if you could. The other one is sort of... So close. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> close, so <laughs> close, so close. I'm until halfway through the season, it was going brilliantly. So close. <laughs> and then the opposite side of that is, you know, it not which we nearly got, which was things not going well for a number of different reasons and sort of telling the story of what happens to a football club once an owner has sort of basically walked away and left them to to their own devices and then just sneaking out at the last, yeah. you know, the last game. You know, some dramatic moment like a keeper get you know coming on to replace someone else who's injured, saving a penalty
2: in the 89th minute. McGeady scored a penalty against Norwich, which could have had a big could have had a big impact. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Yeah. but that's what
0: you forget as well how close it was. Mm. We were talking about at one point; it looked like it was going
2: to happen, didn't it? Even how appalling we were all season, it's remarkable how close we actually Mm. came to a couple of results away from. Were you suits in a position right because you, like a fan, you're watching the games and you're seeing the results come in. But because you were speaking to Simon Grayson a lot at the start, who was very open with you, and you're speaking to players, you can sort of, well. You well, yeah, I don't know how open he was, but he's in the documentary anyway. Yeah. Um, you see a little bit extra than fans, where you can maybe gauge a reaction from how players are reacting to a manager. Could you see his dismissal coming?
0: Um Yes. Yeah, we we knew that was coming. Um, I think everyone, I think most fans knew it was coming. I think people around the city did. And we did as well because we were on the inside. Um, So we were having those discussions with the club ahead of time. Um, Obviously, a little bit of that is in the documentary. And a lot of that was, you know, sort of almost a form of sort of logistics of right when is this going to happen so we know what we can capture and sort of I don't think anyone expected when
2: that was going to happen because it happened at the end of a game in a dressing
1: room didn't it Mm. the Halloween emoji was still on the club uh, (laughs) (laughs) Twitter he announced it and had this like Halloween emoji next to the uh, sacking four minutes after that Bolton
0: game (laughs) I think that encapsulates some of the football club to be honest Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, maybe not the four minutes but we did we did know that it was we know that he needed to win a certain amount of games ahead of him going
2: but have you ever um, heard of a manager getting sucked at the end of a game like that? That's just to avoid you guys, isn't it? They're trying yeah. to throw a curveball like
3: you there. Yeah, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? But yeah. it, but it, I don't know, it just felt, in a way, you you have to wait you, to watch that episode. Yeah, yeah. I was going to
0: say, then you're, actually, if then you'll right, see, okay. see
4: what we knew. Okay. okay. Yeah.
0: yeah, and also the reaction from the people in and around it, because they were, there, we're there that night, and watching some of the guys in the yeah. press room, and some mm-hmm. of the players, you know, it, and also how it's mad what goes through in a football game, and the sort of, the the repercussions yeah. of what happens in that game. Now that three three game mm-hmm. had so many twists and turns, mm-hmm. and again, you're talking about that Norwich game, but those little moments in a football game define someone's career, a season, you know, and then and all these other things that, that happen off the back of it. And it, that was some night. I mean, you know, making the series and going to all the games, and I mean, all the games. um I mean, we really lived the life of a Sunderland fan last year. And when they lost, we felt it. And when we had to go and pick ourselves up and go again, and then we lost again, it, you know, we really felt that as a crew. And as, a, you know, some of those long bus journeys back after sitting in the rain for hours and packing up the boxes. It, we hope that the show reflects the sort of that side of being a fan and sort of and the lengths that everyone goes to support the club, because we felt that.
2: I would imagine that viewers who maybe don't know the Sunderland story nor, hopefully there's some like American viewers in particular who don't know what happened at the end of that season because yeah. they're going to go on the same journey we, are, we went through as fans and I think you went through in that Grayson loses his job yeah. Chris Coleman comes in a very charismatic sort of character mm. very popular with the fans yeah. speaks very well we go to Burton Albion and we win mm-hmm. and that's the turning point right Yeah, yeah. that's I'm what Fulham we all thought it, yeah. wasn't it and Fulham yeah. suddenly it,
0: was, it was clean sheets this time last year it was suddenly clean sheets um which was such a big issue at the beginning of the year suddenly it was like wins and a home win to to not be a full calendar year and it was suddenly all positive this time last year was was a great time to be around it i remember mm-hmm. some of the stuff we were getting and the conversations that we were having amongst ourselves mm-hmm. at, back at full world yeah. it was like no this is a clearing turning point the snow and all that. clearing the yeah. snow like this there's some really sweet moments in um episodes four and five which is sort of an introduction of uh, chris and kit um and like you say, charismatic and lovely people. It was, it was great to sort of be introduced to two other new brilliant characters, not just for us, but also for the series, because it sort of gave not only the season, but also the, 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 the series a breath of life as well.
2: And did you realise, how quickly did you realise it wasn't going to go right for Chris? And you thought, oh, he's, not, he's not going to do this, actually. I, I, I did think, you think we were going to get out of it?
4: I think it was the transfer window. For me, it was the transfer mm, window. The failure of... The fa- yeah, for me, it was a transfer window. that you, you, he, he came in and there was the inevitable boost you get when a new manager comes in and he lifted the place. But you always knew the squad wasn't good enough and you always knew he had to bring in his own players to make changes. And as soon as you saw what he was Mm -hmm. having to work Mm -hmm. with... I, I think we all thought this was going to be a
3: massive struggle. Who was yeah. that striker who fell through? It was a big kind of veteran striker who they were trying to sign. We got well, actually. John Walters. Yeah, yeah. John and, Walters. And, and yeah. when that fell through, it was like when we weren't Martin from Derby. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Martin from Derby. We've got actually got in. The, we've well, some of that's in there yeah. in the series around yeah. when that fell through. Mm. You could actually win. I remember having a conversation. Martin.
4: I remember having a conversation with Martin Bain at the time and saying, "He's bringing in all these young players into a team that have got no confidence." playing in front of home fans who the minute you go one behind are getting on their backs this is not the this is not the environment Mm. to bring in young players with no experience you want to bring in big ugly pros who are not necessarily good enough to get you do do anything but stay up yeah and i remember him saying we just we can't Can't bring can't get them Mm. no one wants to come here Mm. the only people who want to come here are young players on loan to get minutes that's it and And as
2: soon as you realize that you're like well and there was a massive. Like, so there was. And league camp. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. Was, and oh, you're actually right. An, yeah. an old pro. Yes. There was, there was oh, a massive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, That's exactly what we needed. Uh, yeah. a, a massive, an old pro, not league camp. old <laughs> pro. <camp. A> massive aura <laughs> of negativity sweeping the club last season, as we know. And I yeah. think yeah. it was probably only going to change with new ownership, which Completely has happened. History. Which we, we'll talk about series two just quickly to, to finish off in a minute. But um, do you think you captured that whole. Because there are lots of little factors that go into given a negative aura mm. or a positive aura. It's not just one thing. Yeah. And you mentioned there, Leo, that when um, we go one go down, mm. there's just an air of inevitability that we're <laughs> going to lose the game. And mm. fans, you know, in a lot of cases, want to just go home and walk, and walk out. Yep. And do you think you, you captured that across? Picked up all the little things that made it like that?
4: Uh, it, listen, it's hard to capture everything, but I think we we did a, a decent job of, of capturing what we can. I think that, you know, on that point about ownership, I think that the club had been on that downward spiral for getting on 10 years you can trace it all the way back certainly the last 4 or 5 years there was something rotten about the club there was something at its very core that was wrong and I think that came from top to bottom and it needed almost to hit rock bottom and have that change for that to turn around Mm. there was a reason why the fans got on their back when they were 1-0 down which they wouldn't do now and that's because there was nothing in the last 4 or 5 years to suggest that was going to be turned around in the game you know, we weren't playing football that suggested you would get two goals. So when that happened at home and the negativity around it, it was it felt inevitable.
2: Mm. Are any a list are viewers going to be surprised by anybody? I think just watching one episode, I'm already starting to feel a little bit guilty about how the fans um, treated. Jason Steele. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Definitely. I was thinking <laughs> about that. We, yeah. we
0: talked about this a bit last night, but I was thinking about this this morning as well. And and it's our job to show different sides to the players, right? That's, that's our job as documentary make, play, um, makers is to show... Um, the viewers of this, something that you didn't know about a person. And Jason didn't have a good year, right, last year. Everyone knows that. And everyone was on his back. Until the end of the year, I mean, he did start to turn people's opinion a little bit at the yeah, end. when League I mean,
2: Cup was worse. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: but also, we want to show, so fine, if that's the side that everyone knows about Jason, you can see that. But he's also a dedicated father, you know, a very sweet. Man, a good and, man and, and dedicated friend. professional. Like. And it wasn't like he, it wasn't like the
4: bad performances mm. because he wasn't no. working his bollocks off in training. Yeah.
0: So what about Jack Rodwell flip that,
3: then absolutely nothing good to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Martin, the, there's a couple of really interesting characters in there. I think Martin Bain is really interesting. He he is the kind of recipient of the wrath of the Sunderland fans as a stooge for Ellis Short. Um and I think it's much more complicated than that. I think people will see. Uh, in the series I remember having a conversation with him where he was like the thing is a lot of people at the club are worried about you know you making them look stupid we were like they already look pretty stupid <laughs> like and there's no one in the world of football who's looking at Sunderland and being yeah. like that's a model of how to do it <laughs> our documentary can only help like we finished rock bottom in the championship yeah. to show the dimensions of what everyone was going through uh it's really interesting and the other one I think that, that's a really interesting character um is Darren Gibson hmm. Because you know when you talk about turning the perceptions around, when he got back in the team around Christmas, yeah, like he was, he was, he looked good, and he, yeah. and was, as a fan, we were like, okay, this could be the ingredient mm-hmm. that kind of, and obviously, and then he got injured again. But they was, but they, Brandy was saying, you know, the physio was saying that he. He played, he played too many games over Christmas he didn't want to come off when he should have come off and he really wanted to make that impact yeah. so he
2: decided to get drunk and crash a car right? well I think that yeah that
3: came off after the was those are the only two choices apparently <laughs> Yeah. <you> know, <laughs> play
4: football or get drunk and crash a car that, that's but that's what he could
1: have done with a narrator when that, that, in that <laughs> first episode when he's like oh you know
0: I'm sorry and won't be lost mistake again and yeah, just like, off. <laughs> he did make that mistake again yeah. 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 well to, yeah. tune in I mean yeah tune in for that. <laughs> but also that I mean that's the other stuff you hear about from when you're working within a club is that we also knew the reason why he was playing too many games when he had a niggle was because Dong was just not playing ball. He just wasn't getting involved. He was like declaring himself unfit, basically. Mm. Um, and nothing, anyone, all these brilliant, like you mentioned Brandy and all the amazing staff at the club, there's nothing they could do to persuade him to play at that point because mm. he was just basically misbehaving. So because of that, um, Gibson had to play because was so, we had such a big long in- mm. injury list at that moment. And so therefore, he pops his groin, he's out. And the fortune takes ever. the obvious
2: route after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, as we all would. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it certainly helped you and everybody, I think, that this season it looks like we're, we're going to bounce back mm. up and you, you do, you're doing um, the, the follow up season now, hopefully. Obviously, yeah. I don't know how, you know how far along you are with those discussions. It helps that we've had this ownership change and it looks like we're bouncing back, doesn't it? Because not just mm. for the um, narrative of the story where we go down, this is a comeback and it spins yeah. it around, but as a fan, if we'd went down and continued the struggle, I'm not sure I would be into this. Or even,
3: or even staying if we'd have stayed up last year by the skin of our teeth and, no, and that whole scale change hadn't have happened and we still had it as as the owner and now we're like battling really, we're basically doing what we did in the Premier League but then the Championship, I think the club would be in a worse state. I think that like what happened at the end, we need, for somehow we needed to sort of bottom out. Yeah. And like and then rebuild and so you know, even though we're in a lower division, if we if um if we get promoted this season, which looks you know, we're looking yeah. good for the time being, I don't want to jinx yeah. it. Yeah. Will be a much in you know, a much stronger position. Must have
0: changed.
2: Negative last season. Must have this Yeah,
0: season. and also you yeah. start to believe people because everyone was saying that last year about actually it's what we needed to come out of the Premier League for a year yeah. and go back up, yeah. and you're thinking that's bullshit. You, yeah. you I don't. never said that. I'll just yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. but this year everyone <laughs> does. You feel like everyone does actually believe it because it's yeah. forced that change, and yeah.
4: actually it's you of. cannot believe the change that's within the club. Yeah. You know, the, the difference between Stuart and Charlie being in charge and Jack as manager compared to last season, compared yeah. to the last four or five years, even. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, mm. everything,
0: right? You see, yeah. like even just the stuff the content's been put out by the club, the fact, the atmosphere, the players' faces. Yeah. Like, it's amazing to see the change. Even really the
3: seats. I mean, that's such a s like in a way, it's such a weird thing it's to like, have, a like metaphor, like, isn't it? Got
0: involved with
2: yeah. so early,
3: like what yeah. you uh, you're considering the state of the club, but actually when you walk in the stadium, it, yeah, it makes a difference.
2: It, it does make a difference, and, you know, these things that these things get ignored, and there's a fan, it just builds up and it builds up and mm-hmm. it builds up to the point where you feel like you don't want to be there. Yeah. So it's good that I know you press for time, so we're wrapping up. up. But one. Thing we were actually going to preempt and we forgot to give you time to think about it was we wanted to go out and ask you a question that if um, you could go back as Sunderland fans and make a doc and make a fly in the world documentary about one season. Oh, we should have give you some time. I no, 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 no.
3: We have a great chat about that. I, if I could, well, I didn't go to the game when Mark Poom headed the goal. I Leo was- and Gabe went and I missed it. So I would, if I could, if there's a, it's the biggest regret I have as a Sunderland fan was mm. to not be there. So if I could put that right by going back in time, we're making yeah. a documentary about Mark Pooh. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, yeah. I was actually, I was, at, like, I the Zidane one, but <laughs> yeah, exactly. on, like, on 90 minutes
2: of <laughs> exactly. Mark Pooh. Yes. I, I actually, <laughs> Perfect. I was at that game and that was weird because it was in the last minute. So I had mm. left and gone to the concourse. Yeah. I saw the goal on the telly in the concourse wow. to stand and then all the fans ran back up to the pitch I don't know why yeah. as if there's going to be a replay of the goal there. <laughs> you, you automatically again? Like I run back up to the pitch that was my memory of it Leo do you have a season
4: oh, it's such a tough question um, maybe the maybe the season uh, first season back in the Premier League under Reid that was mm-hmm. uh, given what the age that I was good days great days and taking it to those big Premier League clubs and in particular to those up the road, that was uh, that was a good year. Yeah. That was a
2: good year. About a million people have asked us to ask you if you were going to buy the club. By the way, well, is that an off comment? Well, it just <laughs> yeah. we were just in the uh, yeah. yeah. we, we yeah. were just
3: we, we 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 were in we were kind of in the middle of a lot of different people. So they just they, we we weren't well. Yeah, you can answer. Yeah. We weren't, Leo yeah.
0: <laughs> it's a one one word will do. Well, w- so what was the
2: question? <laughs> <laughs> Was there any truth for that? Was there
4: any truth? We were talking to a lot of people okay. in and around those conversations,
0: but uh, we were busy making the documentary. <laughs> Maybe. You never know in the future. No. You, never you know. Do you know what? That was as well something that was brilliant being in the heart of the club last year is that, for example, if Leo came up for a meeting... Like, we'll be chatting to the box office girls about, you know, the fixture coming up or whatever, and they'd be like, Is he coming up? Is he buying the club? What's going on? <laughs> oh, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, of course we'll do an interview. Are you buying the club? And it was just like, every time they are going, Is he in there? Yeah. Oh, oh, are you, which way, are you filming, the, are you filming yeah. the game this week or are you in the box? Which one is it? Are you checking out the seats? So it was amazing yeah. to see the sort of um, interest. You know, when you're talking earlier about the 4W73 connection and all of that, it's amazing to see that from within and the perception and the interest that the club have about. These the, three thing that, jokers. the thing that made me
3: think most of all actually that whole episode was it really made me think about Bob Murray and like we Sunderland fans like by the end he He got a hard time by the end. Like I remember yeah, singing, I remember yeah. happily singing songs about how much yeah, I him. Yeah. But when you look back on what he did for the club and the legacy it's, he left.
2: Definitely with the him <laughs> and a lot the way he ran the club. Uh, as a as a business as well, I mm. still think um, you know we're doing a series of meeting the managers. At the yeah. and I still think a couple of those appointments were questionable. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'd like to thank you for your for your time. It's been a pleasure to have you along. As I say, it was always a long time talking about was anywhere to, to try and speak you. So this is the best case scenario. Um, this the it is aired the fourteenth of December. That's right, and they all come out at once. That's the way Netflix do things. Right? Yeah. So there's going to be a lot of binge watching hopefully we don't look like idiots and um, well I was going to sorry I know
0: you're going to wrap up I was going to ask you, Is it weird for you to the idea of you being on screen as opposed to having your voice out there like on podcast it,
3: it,
2: a little bit I, I don't know Gareth maybe better ask that. I, I used to read out bulletins for some of them so I'm used to I'm used to that a little bit um, although I, I don't know on the screen how, how it will be I'm used to hearing my own voice now put it that way
1: we've done some videos where we recorded stuff. We've done some shows in London actually at the Southwark Brewery, oh, yeah. and we've we've recorded a couple of them there on YouTube. But p- we're pretty public anyway. People know what we look like and that. But you know whether or not it's palatable is a different <laughs> You're a big deal question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're a big
2: deal. A big deal. Yeah. I don't yeah. want it to be Go weird. On. I don't want this to get weird as all. <laughs> <laughs> it's already weird when people recognise my voice at games. That's all. <laughs> um, so, do we have any admin to do quickly? Go and listen to Malcolm Crosby Part podcast. Um, we've got the Dennis Swift two parts and we've got the Malcolm Crosby part one okay thanks for listening I've got, sorry I've thanks. got one more go go on, on, I just wanted to just
0: say I just yeah. wanted to clear up the nonce story which you brought up at the top <laughs> yeah. of this which <laughs> was and that's it that's there we go wrap right. it yeah. up man. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to go over that <laughs>